1: Coming up on Stu Does America, we've seen some major moves this year on the pro life front. Is the country finally ready to do what's right and get rid of abortion once and for all? I'll speak with Lila Rose and Representative Becky Curry about that as we do the fight for life. Stu Does America. Well, Ohio State University's Sex Week uh, is in play yet again. And I know uh, you probably celebrate the same way that I do. Um, The Sex Week tree I put up every year and I decorate it with all the uh, phallic symbols I can uh, just to make sure I can remember this important time of year where Ohio State celebrates Sex Week. Because here's the thing. When you're in college, you don't spend enough time thinking about sex. So they have to have a specific week to identify identify so that people remember, hey, sex is a thing. Remember sex? I mean, how is a college student ever going to think about it or remember it at all throughout their entire four years if you don't remind them at least once a year? Um, Their event is going on. uh, It's been going on, actually. And they have this uh, situation where they want to make sure as a student uh, that you thank your abortion providers. And I think we can all come together and say, hey, Thank you, abortion providers, for all that you've done for all the people that and they're clapping too. the people that aren't here with us because they were aborted. They're they're clapping silently for you and all that you've done for them, because I will say this. Abortion is incredibly important in our country um, because, of course, obviously, restraint isn't a thing. So uh, there's no way to stop having a baby. And uh, until we come up with, I don't know, some magical pill that prevents it. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I know I'm talking futuristically here. Like if we had some sort of uh, a a way to control births that was a pill. I mean, I just throw that out there as a possibility. Maybe in the future, they'll come up with that. Or, uh, and just tossing this out there, uh, maybe a device of sorts that would prevent certain parts of the sexual experience that may prevent pregnancy, and maybe some sexually transmitted diseases too. Wouldn't that be an incredible innovation for our country? Think of this. I mean, they're all working on this COVID stuff. Maybe they could work on that a little bit and we could solve this problem once and for all. Uh, Also, Vermont is is planning now to enshrine legal abortions right up to birth, right up to birth. Call me crazy, call me wacky, but the idea of an abortion, let's say one second before birth, doesn't seem like much of an abortion at all. Seems more just like direct killing of a live human being. You know, we went through this process back in the day with George W. Bush when he was president. And he was able to um, uh, pass a, uh, a law about um, Uh, partial birth abortion. It's a term I'm looking for, partial birth abortion, where the baby's partially born and they kill it while half in the womb because that makes us all feel better about the things that we're doing. And that's a wonderful thing. And and while that bill was you know, something like 90 percent of people oppose that horrific, ghastly process, uh, abortion providers have found ways around it. This is what they do. They're really dedicated to this. And you get to that situation where you think to yourself, why would anyone be so dedicated to making sure that babies are not born? I can see the other way around, honestly. I mean, medical professionals live their whole lives. There are specialized nurses and doctors that live their entire lives just to make sure that babies can be born. Babies with the worst birth defects and diseases and all sorts of things to rescue them. Maybe they only live a few weeks and we strive and strive and strive to come up with innovative ways to somehow save them and give them a shot at life. And then there are people on the other side that will do anything they can to make sure completely healthy babies are not born. There's no moral equivalence here. There's no two sides to this one. You know, I keep coming back to this and they keep saying, oh, well, you know, the uh, people who care about women's rights are the people who are on the right side of this argument. Really? Is that how we're going to look back at this? I can't imagine that's going to be true. You know, I think I'm kind of of the mindset that people back in the day when slavery existed knew there was something a little funky there. This isn't the right thing. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this. You saw a lot of that struggle going on, even with the founders of this country. Some of them outwardly said, this is a horror show and we're going to regret this for the rest of humanity. And they were right on that, by the way. It was a horror show and we still regret it to this day. Look at the price we're paying for it even now. And it's still going on. I look at abortion in many ways, the same same category. I think this is something that over the years we're gonna look back and say what did we do to how many millions of babies, what? Legally, this all happened and we all sat around and said wait a minute, uh, uh, hey it's just another political story, let's go back and forth on it. It doesn't seem right to me and it doesn't seem right to I think a lot of Americans, an increasing amount of Americans. Hopefully we're gonna find out some good news from the Supreme Court on this issue coming soon but it's not just a political story. One of the most important voices in the pro-life movement right now is Lila Rose. She's the founder and president of Live Action and the author of the book Fighting for Life, Becoming a Force for Change in a Wounded World. And we are a wounded world. A lot has happened this year in the fight against abortion. And surprisingly, most of it's been pretty good news, I think, relative to where we've been, whether in the country uh, or as a whole and you know, conservative states and states like Texas. Um, I'll speak to Lila about this just uh, in a couple of minutes. And the fight for life, you know, why it's so much more than a legal fight. It's a fight to change hearts and minds. All this is really, really important. The left continues to grow more unhinged on the subject, and their arguments are exposed as cruel and nonsensical more and more every single day. Uh, you know, Vermont enshrining legal abortions up until birth. Come on. How can those on the other side, the side of life, uh, talk about this? maybe take advantage of how insane the left is here to convince some people in the middle, hey, this is the wrong thing to do. How do we save as many uh, lives as we can? The answer, with Lila Rose, coming up. So one survey, 90% of doctors said their uh, patients had used CBD to treat a health condition. Uh, 9 out of 10 people. That's a lot. Uh, it speaks volumes about how safe and effective CBD can be. And, it, you know, you need to find out if it, it can work for you. CBDistillery.com is the place to go to find out about this. With over, over 2 million customers and counting, Distillery is the source to trust. If you have sleeping problems, if you have uh, just nagging discomfort, tons of people uh, find that CBD helps them get through these difficult circumstances. Will it help you? Go to cbdistillery.com, where you order online. There's no prescription required. You can enter S-D-A for 20% off. S-D-A, Stew Does America. Enter S-D-A for 20% off at cbdistillery.com. It's not available in Idaho, Iowa, or in South Dakota. Go to cbdistillery.com. Code is S-D-A. So happy to welcome Lila Rose back to the program. She's the founder and president of Live Action and the author of the wonderful book, Fighting for Life, Becoming a Force for Change in a Wounded World. Lila, how are you?
0: I'm doing good, Stu. How are you?
1: Really well. Thanks for coming on. I I, I appreciate it. Um, It's been uh, an important week for the issue of life. Can we just start with your reaction to the Texas uh, abortion law and the, the response from the Supreme Court?
0: Absolutely. So the fact that the Supreme Court has effectively this week allowed Texas's heartbeat bill, their heartbeat law, banning abortion at six weeks to remain in effect, is really the first domino uh, before the fall of Roe v. Wade. So we are thrilled in the pro-life community. I think this is a huge step forward for human rights, and it definitely signals how the Supreme Court is seeing the issue of abortion, and it bodes very well for the decision that they are planning to make next year on Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's interesting. I think like that seems to be the the big one with this particular law in Texas. Obviously, it still has a a pretty long fight as far as the court situation goes, where Mississippi is a lot kind of closer to the end here. But it is interesting. I think there is a a change in tone from the courts, I think, from really uh, an aggressively uh, anti-life stance. Uh, It does seem to be maybe the tide is maybe changing a little bit.
0: It's absolutely changing, and you saw the dissenting voices on the court—Sotomayor and Breyer and others—who were just infuriated, infuriated that the, you know, five justices said, "No, we're not going to stop Texas from having this law go into effect." Uh, that would probably not—I mean, it's highly likely that would not have happened that way before we got these Trump-appointed justices. Before we have got Gors- Gorsuch or Barrett uh, or Kavanaugh, and all of them. Were the ones to agree to, along with Clarence Thomas, to agree to allow Texas's law for now to remain in effect. So it's a huge signal. Uh, again, it's, it's it's a tremendous victory that today in Texas, over a hundred children were spared from abortion because of this unprecedented law, and that the Supreme Court allowed that to happen.
1: Now. Watching the coverage of this puts me in a different mindset because some of the things that have been said, that have been broadcasted, it's incredible. I, I find it really hard to believe. Yesterday we went over this piece about the last hours of this Fort Worth clinic where 67 abortions occurred in 17 hours. They go through like it's an episode of 24. They're racing against the clock to make sure they get all these abortions in before they become illegal. And at one moment, they, after all of this happens, they really they write for a moment they were able to savor it. They were able to savor the fact that they had aborted all of these kids just in time before the deadline. It brings out, I think, the worst in people, this particular argument, and, and to see it covered this way in this amazing like push to the end, like it's an episode of like home home makeover, where they're right before the clock and the person comes home, I mean, is really disgusting.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, in their desperation, I think abortion advocates are really, really revealing their hand. They're showing the evil of abortion. I mean, you have these abortion clinics, you know, open to the last minute before the law went into effect two days ago, saying we're going to be up till midnight, killing, you know, committing abortions, killing children effectively. Uh, you have journalists opining on Twitter saying, oh, if t- more laws like Texas's go into effect, then children with, there will be more children born with Down syndrome. I mean, what are they really saying? They're saying we abort, and they acknowledge that we abort 60 to 80% of all children with Down syndrome. And so, oh, God forbid, there's more children with Down syndrome who give a, get the chance at their first birthday. So you, you just see these crazy comments coming out from journalists, um, abortion activists. And I think people are looking at it. Most Americans are not hardcore pro-abortion. Many Americans are pro-life, and they're seeing, wait a minute, this is the agenda all along. The agenda of the abortion industry all along is abortion through all nine months for any reason and upping those abortion numbers every single day. Well, most Americans do not stand for that. And that's why I'm so encouraged about not just these laws, but about, I think, really the sentiment in the country and how I think more and more people are going to become more pro-life.
1: Yeah, because I see I do think that it is more than just a legal fight or just a political fight, right? It's about changing people's minds. I mean, we had a situation in this country where interracial marriage was illegal for a really long time. And you can change the laws on something like that. But it's about people realizing, like, well, that opinion was pretty stupid. We should change the way we think. And over time, that occurs. The same things happen with, with something like slavery. I really do think that at some point we look back at this era and people in the future will look back and think how could a country possibly agree to this 60 million abortions uh it really is one of the, the, the the worst things I can possibly imagine a nation doing and it's 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 happening right in front of our eyes
0: I mean, I think you're exactly right, Stu. The death toll to abortion, it is the highest death toll in America. More children are killed by abortion daily in America than heart disease, than COVID, than cancer, than any other cause of death. And, you know, when you look at history, you talk about history. There have been times when good people thought they were doing the right thing by supporting, you know, discrimination, segregation, by thinking that slavery was, you know, part of just the way things were and it's okay. By thinking it's okay, women shouldn't have the right to vote. I mean, normal people who became really desensitized to injustice and thought it was, injustice was normal. That's what's happened today with abortion. We've become so used to killing children in the womb, seeing them as less than human, dehumanizing them. Oh, they're just an embryo, it's just a fetus, it's not a human. The science is clear it is a human. It's been clear for a while and people are waking up and now our laws are catching up. And even the Supreme Court is finally, finally showing some of that, I think intellectual honesty and uh, the reality that they made wrong decisions in the past on abortion. And we have to fix that in the future. Uh,
1: You know, Lila, I'm at the point really with this that I don't even understand the arguments anymore on it. Uh, You know, I'm, I'm beyond the point where you know the people say, "Well, you're bringing up a straw man argument," and then there's the other side of that's the steel man argument, right? Where like, okay, this is the best argument against your case, and I try to look for those with abortion because, you know, really fundamentally, we're talking about ending a human life. You'd think you'd need a really good argument <laughs> to be made uh, if you're going to do that. Um, Chris Cuomo tweeted um, an, an argument from a law professor from Washington Lee University. And this is their best argument, uh, apparently. Um, if a fetus is a person at six weeks, uh, excuse if a fetus is a person at six weeks pregnant, is that when the child support starts? Is that when you also can't deport the mother because she's carrying a U.S. citizen? Can I insure a six-week fetus and collect if I miscarry? Just figuring if we're going there, we should go all in. How do you react to that?
0: I I, I actually tweeted back at Chris and I said. I'm all in. Let's go all in. Chris, are you pro-life now? Yes. You know, if you're, if you get someone pregnant, yeah. If there's costs associated with that pregnancy, I think the man should help pay. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, I think we should support women who are pregnant and acknowledge there's more than one child there. Let her drive in the carpool lane. You know, I'm pregnant right now actually. And I think it's fine if I drive in the carpool lane. Um, yes, I think, I think, but I think those are easier fixes. I think those, that really was a straw man coming from that pro-abortion law professor because she's saying, oh, how crazy that we would you know, uh, financially support or ask men to financially support pregnant women. No, that's not crazy. We should. We should. <laughs> and we should do it because that's a human life that she's carrying. That's a son or a daughter. And society should be supporting her and that child and not telling her to go to an abortion clinic to kill that child.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's these are minor things uh, in comparison to keeping people alive. You know, I think one of the things that one of the reasons why uh, having a child is such a big deal. Is because of the of the responsibilities it puts on the parent, right? Like it, You know, mm-hmm. the argument for abortion in many many cases is, oh, I just can't do it. Oh, I don't I don't have time for this. Um, you know, I'm too young. I don't have the money. You've heard all of these arguments before. But fundamentally, in the middle of that argument is the idea that a parent is responsible for the life of their child. The reason why it's difficult when you don't have enough money because you might not be able to provide life uh, the life that you think that they should be. Living, And with abortion, it really does sort of reverse that construct where it's the parent comes before the child. The parent is now uh, the child is bears the responsibility for the inconvenience of the parent. And that's just fundamentally against humanity. It's against the, the entire structure of humanity since the beginning.
0: I mean, you're right. It's an inverse of parental responsibility and an inverse of just human love. I mean, love sacrifices for the other. It doesn't destroy the other for the sake of self. And love is what we're made for as human beings. But, you know, our society doesn't even have that high of a standard, though, because we have safe haven laws where you can literally drop a newborn infant with no penalty, with no questions asked at at a fire station, at a hospital and surrender custody surrender rights and not have to care for that infant whatsoever you can be anonymous to that child the rest of your life if you so choose so there's no reason for abortion there are there are some statistics say 2 million couples in this country who want to abort who want to adopt infants but they can't because there's not enough infants to adopt and people say well what about foster care foster care system is designed to reunite families. They're not just everyone's up for adoption. There's only a, a smaller number of those kids even available to be adopted. And they're usually sibling groups, they're older kids. So it's a myth to say that there aren't families that want these children who are scheduled to be aborted. There are millions of families who want to uh, adopt these children, but they can't. So it's also spreading the, the good message of, uh, of adoption and saying, let's, if you aren't able to care for this ch- child, we will. There are people who will. Don't give up on life. Don't give up on your child's life.
1: Mm. Um. You and your organization um, are very well connected in this area. You've been you know, your book is all about activism and how to how to make a positive change in in, in a difficult subject like this. Um, What are you hearing from people as far as this Texas law goes? What do you expect to happen here as uh, you know, we we know that there may be less abortions uh, today and and in the future, which will be a great, great outcome. But do we expect challenges in court? Do we expect a flurry of lawsuits to happen? What's going to go on here?
0: Yeah, so we do expect challenges in court. And the the reason, I mean, one of the reasons the kind of legal genius behind Texas's heartbeat law and the reason that it's gone into law is because it basically makes the enforcement mechanism private citizen. So any private citizen... Can if they see or know of an abortion being done by an abortionist, they can sue them, and then it can have just crippling uh, financial charges on that abortionist to get them out of business. So there's no state authority for the pro-abortion side to sue right now, which is why this has really escaped the pro-abortion legal system, and it's in law. Um, will it get challenged? Likely, because a woman who is seeking an abortion could say, "I'm challenging this law. You know, my right to have an abortion is is violated here. Um, you know, even though there's no right to kill your child, that right." Don't think exists, but this will likely happen. So the court battle will likely happen. Um, but what's so unique about this is it's gone into effect. The Supreme Court has allowed it to remain in effect at this time. That's unprecedented. And it's also unprecedented, Stu, that in the last three years, there has been more pro life legislation than in decades prior at the state level. You know, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio, so many states passing pro life laws. So, and then now we have the Supreme Court that seems sympathetic to the right to life. So this combination of factors makes this a huge step forward for the movement in a way that we've a step that we've never been able to take before.
1: Um, OK. And Lila, before you before you go, um, I think a lot of people, especially with this topic, have that moment where like they had this awakening. Right. It, it, it's not one of those things that necessarily you're people slowly come around to although sometimes they do usually at one point one day it just hits them and I think a lot of people have that moment and they don't know what to do with it you know they, they may go they, they may have been pro-choice in the past they may have had an abortion themselves in the past um, but they've changed their mind and they want to now stop to or help uh, stop this process from going on I know your organization does so much in this area what's the best way for people to help
0: Thank you. Well, I think, I mean, the top thing that I found, besides, of course, supporting mothers and families in need, getting involved in adoption care and foster care, is education. I mean, it's amazing. We see minds and hearts opened all the time at Live Action because people actually see what the abortion procedure is. They learn about human development. So I would say one campaign you could check out, I highly recommend it's babyolivia.com. Baby Olivia is the most lifelike, medically accurate, animation from the moment of fertilization when life begins until birth it follows a little girl's life it's already changing minds on abortion people are saying i was going to have an abortion i chose life now now i'm pro-life after watching this video so i'd say share baby olivia's story and help the world see the humanity of the preborn born child
1: hmm. babyolivia.com is the place to go babyolivia.com lila rose founder and president of live action and author of fighting for life becoming a force for change in a wounded world Lila, uh, on a very good week here, thanks so much for coming on the program.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Let's talk a little bit about disruptors, really important in our society, really important as part of capitalism. Things like, you know, smartphones, changing the way we live, streaming devices. Remember when you used to get Netflix movies on DVD? Like A thousand years ago. Um, another one is Ladder. Ladder basically took on the life insurance industry and flipped it upside down, shook out all the inefficiencies and changed things. Before Ladder, if you wanted to get life insurance, you had to drive across town, sit through a sales pitch, fill out a ton of paperwork and then wait six to eight weeks to find out even if you've been approved. With Ladder, you can get fast, affordable term life insurance without even leaving home. It's 100% digital when you apply for $3 million or less in coverage. No doctors, no needles, no paperwork. If you're between the ages of 20 and 60 and you need coverage and you want to team up with a company that is redeeming life insurance, choose Ladder. You can go to ladderlife.com slash stew today to see if you're instantly approved. It's L-A-D-D-E-R, life.com stew, ladderlife.com slash stew. Check it out. You know, talking to Lila Rose, it's interesting. Her book is about, you know, how to be an activist. And, you know, on the conservative side, we need a book about how to be an activist because we don't know what the hell we're doing. Like our vision of the America we know and love is we get up, we we try to be a positive influence on our kids who are alive, and we try to go to work every day be a positive um, co- contributor to society. We do a good job at work, show up on time, do our thing, come home, spend time with our family, go to church, you know, go play in our softball league, like whatever, like it's a normal life. We're not supposed to be out in the streets marching. That's not who we are. It's never been who we are. And it's why we're constantly challenged in these uh, in these fights politically. We don't know what we're doing, honestly. I At least I don't. I think over the past few years, we've developed a little bit of that. I know the Tea Party did, I think, a lot for people to understand that their role has to be a little bit more than just talking about it or hoping uh, that that things will turn out okay, and voting. And that's kind of what we want, I think, as conservatives. We want the government to not be a big role uh, in our lives. But you know, the government's there to uh, slap us in the face and say, eh, if you don't fight back, we're just gonna take all this stuff over. You know, we're going to um, a point in our society now, I think, when it comes to the abortion issue, where polls show the overwhelming majority of people basically agree with a few things. We do not want th- uh, third term abortion. We do not want partial birth abortion. We do not want second term abortion. And it's something like 60 percent of people are against not, not just Republicans or not just independents, but even including Democrats, 60 percent of people are against second term abortions and I think it's 84 um, percent against third term might be a little bit even higher than that on second term I think it might be 60s mid 60s long story short there though you know it's basically people think well I want a little bit of a, a period where I can you know reverse my screw-ups uh, I think is essentially the main use for uh, use case for abortion here in this country uh, you know look it's not okay we have to make sure that we push back against that. But it is something to do in a, in a very specific way. You know, look, I, you know, I, I, I know every time I go to uh, the, the Super Bowl, there's the fetus truck that's driving around. And the fetus truck is a giant truck with a giant, like, revolting, uh, disassembled fetus on the side of the truck. And I don't know, does that change anybody's mind? I feel like people just turn away and are just angry that you showed it to them. Now, should that change their mind? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, when it's put in your face like that, it should probably change your mind on these issues. But what is effective and what isn't? We have to be a positive force for change when it comes to abortion. It's not an easy thing to do. Uh, The left's desire to literally disassemble a fetus, a baby, is a considerable hurdle to overcome. But luckily, we have people in our government like Representative Becky Curry from Mississippi that have the courage to stand up for what's right. After the break, I'm gonna speak with Representative Curry about an important bill that she wrote Uh, for her state government that would impose critical common sense restrictions that could inspire more states to do the same. And it's not just any bill. This is a bill that you have heard of. Uh, In fact, it's a bill that's going up to the Supreme Court as we speak. You know, we've talked about the Texas bill quite a bit. And the Texas bill is an interesting sort of novel legal approach. I go back and forth on this. I mean, I like the idea, as we kind of discussed. I like the outcome of uh, of the uh, Texas abortion bill because it may mean less abortions, fewer abortions and more children living. Um, but as a legal structure, I'm, I'm a little concerned about it. I don't know what the left would do with this. Every time you bought an SUV, they could sue you for global warming. The Mississippi bill is really where it's at. And it goes to the Supreme Court. It's a real frontal challenge to Roe versus Wade. This is something that can really change abortion and the culture around abortion In our society, it's not going to solve it forever because the left will find ways going around it, but it's a really important step. The legal part of this is important. As we on the right know very well, it's not always easy to go against the mob and fight for life and justice. But Representative Curry is not alone in the battle. And she's with us. And she's she's uh, no she knows, I think, as well as anybody that we all kind of work together and support positive pro-life bills like this and talk about these things often. Who knows how many lives can be saved or how the country can be changed for the better? It's Mississippi Representative Becky Curry. She's the one that wrote the bill, the Mississippi bill going to the Supreme Court. We're going to talk to her in just a minute. I remember doing shows with Tika Tawari uh, back in the day, like 2017, 2018 uh, on radio, and he started talking about, I guess, blockchain, t- crypto in 2016. People called him crazy. They, they didn't understand it. They didn't understand what was going to happen. And obviously, you saw this huge rise in prices, and everyone got on board. Uh, Tika, uh, she, he knows this stuff better than anybody. He can walk us. You can walk you through all the different different cryptocurrencies. What do these projects mean? Um, but also, he then came on and said it's going to go to 40,000, and everyone called him crazy again. Because this is after the, the peaks of 2017, it came down. People were talking about crypto being over. Well, it went up uh, a lot, and we've seen these prices. 40,000 is now a norm. It's really a crazy, crazy time. Um, sometimes the winds are so big with crypto they can erase any losses a hundred times over. If you haven't bought Bitcoin, it's not too late. You're still at the cutting edge of this, even now. Do your own research, but don't wait. Sign up for Tika Tiwari's uh, Palm Beach Letter right now. You can get it at Big T Report. That's BigTReport.com. Tika Tuari's Palm Beach Letter. Learn about crypto, learn about Bitcoin. It's BigTreport.com. You may not know the name Becky Curry, uh, but she is may, she may be responsible for one of the most important things that have happened in the United States in a really long time. She's a four-term House uh, representative in the uh, M- M- Mississippi legislature and author of the Newsweek opinion piece, I Authored Mississippi's Abortion Bill. Here's Why. I'll make sure to tweet out a link to that article shortly, at America. Uh, representative, thank you for taking the time to come on the program.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: One of the interesting things, I want to get into the bill and why you wrote it, but one of the interesting things I thought that came out of the oral arguments w- w- and the reaction to it was uh, this sense that these male Supreme Court justices shouldn't be mansplaining abortion to women. And I thought it was kind of interesting that the bill was written by you, a woman, who uh, who seemingly has a completely different view than everybody on Twitter. How did you come to the idea to come up with this bill and why did you do it?
2: Well, uh, I wrote this bill with um, a lawyer friend of mine. And, you know, we did a lot of research, and I'm a registered nurse, and I worked in del- labor and delivery for a long, long time. And I remember, um, you know, unfortunately for some women that lost their babies, um, those babies would fight to live. And it was very disheartening, you know, it, it was a trauma for the mother, she lost her child, but... Then, you know, we had to um, sit there for a long time while that baby uh, struggled to live. And this is back in the early 80s when technology wasn't anything like today. And so it just was the right time. We did a a 20-week bill several years earlier. But when we started working on the 15-week bill, I just always knew that there was something special for this bill and that, you know, I, I... don't want to sound like uh, one of those people, but always felt it was always going to go all the way. Mm.
1: So why, why 15 weeks? Uh, There are other, you know, there's a Texas bill, obviously they've talked about six weeks. There's many in the country at 20 weeks. Why did you select 15 weeks?
2: Well, it's three and a half months pregnant. And I think it's time enough for anybody to decide if they're going to continue to carry their child. Uh, And, you know, I am. Um, I believe that life begins at conception, but you know, I just never believed that I would be able to um, send that bill to the Supreme Court and overturn this completely. So, 15 weeks seemed like a very common sense bill. Three and a half months pregnant, you know, the baby feels pain, and the the abortion. Uh, procedure is very traumatic at this point. It, the baby is chopped into pieces, and and uh, you know, here we are with someone who feels pain. And I just felt like that should be the cutoff. So it was very easy for me to do that at this point in life. That baby sucks his thumb, feels pain can taste what the mother has eaten, and uh, all of its major organs are there. So I just believe that it's time, if you're gonna make that decision, I think if you're struggling to make that decision, um, that three and a half months is plenty of time to do that. Does it surprise you
1: at all that this issue, of all issues, has become such a a, a divisive one? I mean, it seems like everybody who, you know, a, a baby's born, Everyone's excited about it. everyone goes and 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 you know loves on mom and dad and and supports them and everyone knows that the baby's adorable and all the things that we do to celebrate birth. it seems shocking to me that this is the one issue that the left continually wants It's the hill they want to die on constantly. Do you have any idea why that is?
2: Well, I do think that it is um just an absurd thing, you know, because I don't know anybody that wants to kill a baby, and I especially do not know anybody who wants to kill a uh, late term or have a late term abortion you know but we do need to celebrate life and and here in mississippi let me also say that we're uh, coming into an upcoming session in january and we're going to be passing a lot of bills that are going to support the mother you know we we don't want to say okay well you have to make this decision by three and a half months but then we're not going to help you after that so you know we are doing a lot of things in support of women uh, in the upcoming session but why the Democrats hold on to to this, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. You know, we wouldn't do it to puppies. You know, we wouldn't do it to a lot of things, but we will do it to to babies. And, you know, I don't think that America wants to be in the same category as North Korea and China, which is where we are right now.
1: Yeah, you you write that in the, in your column for Newsweek uh, talking about the seven nations on Earth, only seven on Earth that allow abortion on demand after 20 weeks. We, we spent a good amount of show uh, last week going through the laws of Europe that's supposed to be such a progressive continent. And all of their laws are more restrictive than even our, some of our most conservative uh, states here in the United States. Um, I, I mean, is that part of the motivation to make sure we're not in the category of a, a place like North Korea?
2: Well, my motivation is to save babies' lives. And, and, you know, with this bill, if it's it, if it is taken as written we will save a lot of babies lives and I and I have to tell you something as a nurse uh, we will save a lot of mother's lives as well you know I have treated uh, a lot of women who have serious infections after abortion uh, hemorrhage sometimes even have to have a a, a hysterectomy because they can't stop bleeding. So, you know, there there's ways to look at this all around. I believe it's a about the health of the mother and the child. So, you know, if they don't take this at 15 weeks, like we in is in the bill, my hopes are that they give um, the states' rights back. This should have never been taken from us. There's nothing in the Constitution that should have allowed this to be taken from states. And Mississippi, this bill was passed a bipartisan bill, and uh, and we are a pro-life state. And you know, I believe that the states need to not have this right taken away from them. You know, I challenge anybody to find where it is in the constitution that you can have an abortion up until uh, time of birth. I just just don't uh, believe it's there. And we've let nine people sit there and make this rule. And it's just time for it to end. Mm.
1: Um, One of the arguments they made in front of the Supreme Court, and they've made this over the years many times when it comes to uh, abortion, is that it's actually better for the mom to have an abortion for her own personal safety than it is for the mom to actually give birth? Uh, you're a nurse. What do you make of that argument?
2: Well, I, I think it's ludicrous. You know, I, I know very uh, few people that that are n- not depressed after having an abortion. I have treated people. I have. Friends that have had abortions, and I, I know no one that doesn't regret it. And unfortunately, it can lead to other problems um, with, of depression, and and uh, so we we if we're, we really want to help women, we want to make sure that. They are able to make a decision and, and and like I said, at three and a half months, I think it's it's time you can feel the baby move, you know, all, all of the organs, so forth, all the things we've said. We want to make sure that they're given good information. And we want to be there afterwards to support them with whatever decision they make.
1: I think a uh, part of this uh, representative is, is the left kind of comes at the conservative uh, line of thought with this predetermined belief that it's uh, that they want to hurt women, that they're that that all of our policies are policies that are uh, damaging to women. We don't care about them and all these kind of crazy things. You mentioned that you're 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 going to be doing stuff to help uh, women who decide to make, I I believe, the correct choice and 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 save the baby's life. Um, We know about the safe harbor uh, laws that were already discussed in the Supreme Court. What else can states do to make this an easier choice for women?
2: Well, one of the things we're doing, and, and we have several bills coming up in January, is we're going to start giving more money to children's advocacy centers. You know, we're going to have some, some babies that are, are not going to be wanted. We're going to make adoption very easy in Mississippi, not that we are going to just uh, make, let everybody um adopt a precious baby, but we're gonna make things better. We're gonna make sure that TANF funds are are available and they're not so hard to get. We're, we're just gonna make sure that whatever childcare, all of these things, we have got to step up to the plate and make sure that these babies are going to be taken care of and we're going to help these mothers take care of them. Now, uh, we want to make sure that they're able to get a good job, We equal pay for women. There's a, so many bills that are coming up in our next session that we want to make sure that we're able to help these mothers take care of these babies and we want to be there for them. We don't want to just say, okay, we made this law, see you later. Mm-hmm. It's it's just not going to work that way in Mississippi and, and I'm going to fight just as hard to take care of these moms and and babies that I did for this law.
1: Let me give you let me get to go to this last one here with you. And I don't, I don't know, maybe you're in the business of, of legislation and, you, you know, maybe this stuff doesn't hit you the same way. But best case scenario here, you're talking about a bill that you know, this this may play out in a way that saves millions of lives. Have you stopped and thought about your place in all of this? Uh, this could be a historic moment in our country's history, and it could affect millions and millions of people.
2: Well, you know, when they, I was at work the day they told me that it was, they had taken up the case and and my phone was blowing up. and. You know, I'm, I guess I'm just—it uh, hasn't sunk in. Um, I went up to D.C. and stood out in front of the Supreme Court uh, the day of the hearings, and um, you know, it I kind of suck in a little bit then. And uh, you know, I have—you uh, know—until they make that ruling, I, I, I'm not quite sure. Uh, this, you know, little woman from. Uh, Brookhaven, Mississippi wrote this bill and it may change lives in in America. And I would be proud. I would be proud author of this bill that's able to save millions of babies' lives.
1: Mm. Representative Becky Curry, be sure to head to uh, my Twitter uh, account or hers as well. We'll make sure the op-ed from Newsweek gets out there. It's called, I uh, I authored Mississippi's abortion bill. Here's why. You can send it to every single person who says that the Supreme Court was mansplaining to... Women about the abortion bill. A woman wrote the bill. It'd be an important detail for people to know. Uh, Representative, thank you so much for doing this and thank you for coming on the program. and Thank you for the work you've done on this.
2: Thank you and Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas. As you see over and over again, people get canceled for saying the things that they believe particularly, and almost exclusively, when they're on the right, Um, one of the issues, which I've just, I mean, we've seen places like Live Action, we talked to Lila Rose earlier, they've run ads on social media and had them banned. For what? For saying that babies should live? What kind of weird society are we? I mean, aren't we gonna look back at this whole era and say, hey, um, the people who wanted the babies to live, those people were the, the one on the right side of that argument. I don't know how they missed that at the time. You know, hey, the people who said uh, we shouldn't own people that we imported from Africa the abolitionists—they were on the right side of that one—and we can kind of easily do that now. I think we'll do the same with abortion eventually. I will say that it is really important, more than ever, to have places where these voices can be heard. That's why we have Blaze TV. You know, we talk to you about it a lot, and it's important if you have the if you have the the the, the means to check it out at blazetv.com/stu. We'll save ten bucks if you uh, use the promo code Stu. But joining this, you know, making this team that much bigger means that we can add voices, we can protect voices, we can take more um, under our, our umbrella and make sure that you know they're protected from the weather like they should be. Um, it's blazetv.com slash uh, Stu. Also, stewdoesmerch.com is the place to go to get all the merch that you need. Uh, we have lots of really fun stuff up there. I, I mean, you know, we had the Super Bowl uh, this past weekend. Get your Colin Kaepernick gear. Uh, make fun of Colin Kaepernick along with me. We always appreciate uh, when you do that. And Glenn's uh, audiobook is available now as well. Uh, That is, uh, go to glenbeck.com. They'll have the links there. Uh, It took a while. We can't get any more copies of the hardcover book right this second. You can get it on Kindle. You can get it on audiobook right now. It's available. Don't miss it. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for uh, tuning in.